International. It's me, Hillary Swank. This is Blind Leading the Blind. And me and Jared are going to interview Ariel Norman, Hillary Swank's favorite comedian. Be like, it'll be funny if I'm in tidy whities and we don't have anything that we really do, but there's yeah. some props and I'm just naked yeah. and I have gross armpit hair. Sorry. It would. <laughs> That's and everyone can integral. see my everyone can see my small penis. But that would have been, uh, I don't know if his penis was small, it's just like flaccid. I just think and penises this, are gross when they're flaccid in yeah, general, and it just didn't, it didn't seem big. Like if it's not big, then it just seems like it's gonna f- look like a I don't know something that's hanging p- pitiful, out of the just kind of pokey. It's just I don't like tidy whities just gross me. Well, let's out. not make it about your feelings. What about if penises? I became a lesbian because of seeing my older brothers and their tidy whities when they're that's I think the that real root. Just sexuality. It's at not young my mother. Age. I take it all back. It's my brothers. It's your brothers. And gross penis. Fucking Hanes and Fruit of the Loom. I just feel like it's at such a razor's edge early on that you really it could be anything that turns you lesbo. Yeah. Well. I mean, it is probably my mother, though, because yeah. she was very mean. Did she show you her tidy whitey pants? She would actually, you know, this is this is the opposite of evidence because she would walk around in her garments and, like, you know, when the period accidents happen, they would be soaking in the thing. She would. Well, she be was. Clear, I don't know. She, uh, yeah, but I'm just let's just let's be Assume this level of TMI and then not explain it. Okay. Like just. <laughs> Period garments and just walking around naked and peeing in front of you or pooping in front, you know, just always, she was always trying to make sure I wasn't gay, but she should have been more loving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a good in, uh, end to the interview. I feel like we've... Uh, yeah, we've discussed we've the only thing that matters. Um, well, men. but I was just going to say they didn't have a, if it didn't go well, they didn't know what to do, and so they oh. both just like started looking at one another. Well, now you're talking about something that we weren't talking about. I'm not naming we're... names. Okay. Uh, we're just casually me. conversation, and then people who listen to this are like, "What are they even talking about?" Okay. Some of them are no. Some will know, like, "Oh, I know what he's talking about," or they're talking about, but okay. but others won't. Oh, is this your way of deciding to not talk about it after all? Because, I guess because now you've talked about talking about it, but you didn't say enough before we. Okay. Well, conversational is just so fluid. Now we should. Okay. You know. Um, yes, but that was the word. Our discretion is is wiser anyway. Why don't we Why don't we move on to why we're here for? We have a limited amount of time. A it's very be, small amount of time. You know, we're, we're, not an unreasonably small amount of time. Just you're right. I do like, like a, talking a about myself. And, oh, hey, I'm supposed to record the intro. For, well, I'll do it at the end. You are. Yeah, yeah. You can do that later. Um, but I understand. We don't have that much time. We were like going to do an interview. Also. Ariel's going to talk about some period blood up top. Got to get that out well, of Well, it'll probably be mixed in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we don't have, we don't have a guest today. We are, it's just you and me. I was gonna well, I'm the guest. Me. Yeah, you are the guest. Don't make me not feel like an honored guest. I don't feel like you are, but no. I feel like you're an honored co-host. <laughs> but you are, I, you're going to be the focus of today, of this conversation. Today I'm the guest. We're going to subject you. That's one way of saying it. We're going to subject you. It's, I'm not even saying it's not better. Okay. It isn't, but I'm not saying that. I just wanted to feel like the guest. I'm you, not saying it about... You, what do you feel like now? 
I, f- I feel like you feel like you're the guest, but I I feel like don't you're a bad host. You. They're not wrong. I feel like yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna do uh, the interview against you. Okay, at you, okay. Jared V. Ariel. Yeah. So well, for for let's do the the and these are like aerial questions. So I feel kind of like you know like this is your thing and you're watching me do it. It's like I'm trying it's on your clothes right now. <laughs> uh, but okay. So how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, actually, actually, now it's uh, in two days will be exactly my three and a half year anniversary. What's today? August second. Yes. Oh, so actually, today <clears throat> for the listeners is my three and a half year anniversary. Congratulations! I had no idea that ours was so close because yesterday was my two year. There, it is. I was gonna say we yeah, it's, we've, yeah. Uh, we, we've we always have, been a year and a half. We have apart. we have talked about this. Before. That's true, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. But anyway, congratulations on that. That's like. I guess. Yeah. I mean, does it feel to you like, like, where do you? I, I got a lot of questions, but I didn't want to ask. Are you where you thought you would be when you started? I, you know what? Some years ago, I gave up having any real idea about what something would be like, whether this was like a party I would attend or what it would be like to move to Boston or what it would be like to be doing comedy. I really stopped ever trying to imagine what it would be like. I also have this sort of supersti- superstition because because the reality is every time I'd ever imagined anything, mm-hmm. I was always wrong. So I was like, what's the point? It's never, nothing's ever going to be like what I expected to be like, except for Boston to the extent that I did imagine what Boston would be like, which I realized I just said I didn't do, but to some extent <laughs> I had some idea about the like be- the lesbians the and the, and the weather that w- it really was like, Oh, my vague imagination of what this would be like. It is just like that. Anyway, um, but for the most part, I don't really... I have this superstition that if I imagine what something will be like, it specifically won't be like that because it's like the universe wants to give me a surprise. I do have some kind of mystical notions about the way that life works. But um, so... I think that like when I was 23 and I did and I started doing comedy to the extent that I did three or four open mics before quitting for four years, Mm -hmm. I had very naive ideas then. I mean, I had like I was about to move to New York and I did like two mics in Orlando and then one in Dallas and and I was 23 and I had this idea that I was going to move there to be a writer and then I was like, no, I'm really moving there to be a comedian. I have that very dumb idea of oh, like, I'll get discovered somehow in New York for whatever reason, in whatever way, Um, like, very quickly. So, you know, I had that kind of idiotic idea when I was 23, but by the time I started when I was 27, um, at the time I had a sugar mama, too, so I was like... Who you know? I'll just there was a leisurely kind of and I'll yeah, have, I'll took, have a base to do it. Yes, and it, it took yeah. away the fear of like how am I going to figure out how to like make money? I I just knew I wanted to do it and I wanted to get good and I wanted to like be able to do this. But I had ideas that I was just going to use her money to like we were going to start like a bed and breakfast that had a stage and I was just going to like host these cool comedy shows and mm-hmm. develop this thing and I would just like have famous people come along. You know, I had like you all had kinds fa- of you kind of had fantasies. About oh, it. totally. Well, I had to because I wasn't yeah. in love with her and yeah. so I had to figure out oh like, I'll be happy because I'll get to like be a cartoonist and a mom and a stand-up comedian who runs this whatever you we, know? we all kind of do that where we have like we have pictures or stories in our head about like oh I bet this might happen or whatever mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm curious a little bit more specific in terms of ability level yeah and in t- and let's talk about yeah from, sorry let me get back to your yeah, actual yeah. question so let's, let's let's start from 27 when you kind of restart right. and start for real at that point so you're you're three years from that, right? 
Yeah, three and a half years three, from, sorry, three and a half years. from that. When I, and at, at that point, mm-hmm. like I said, I just, I didn't have, I think I just didn't have, I don't remember ever thinking like this, I'm going to be this good. I don't think I would have had any way to gauge that. Yeah. Um, what about accomplishment? Or like in yeah. terms of like wit. So, cause even now it's maybe kind of hard to get a purchase on like, I'm this good. It's all relative and right. nebulous. But like in terms of where you're like, I'll be getting on shows or I'll be well, working at the club a little bit in terms of like hosting or so something like that. So when I started in Boston, all I really knew or thought about was, um, one of the first things was like, yeah, getting booked on any of the shows that were happening, but also getting on the comedy studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, All I cared about was like, you know, doing shows at the comedy studio. And so, but I didn't have an idea of like, oh, in six months or in a year or, or whatever, I'll be doing that. I just was just like, how do I do this? And let me just work toward this. And so I've really been pretty, I don't know what the word is, Zen or whatever, present about the whole thing of like, I don't have an expectation of how long something's going to be. I just look around me and see who's doing these open mics. I'm better than X amount of people. How do I, I'll keep writing and keep getting better until I'm good enough. And then, and then I'll figure out, okay, how do I get on the list to do? Cause the, the the Wednesday show at the comedy studio is something where there's a process where he just makes you make sure that you watch three shows there. And then, um, I think that he has you like fill out a paperwork or something. And then, and then you can, you can just be on, um, he'll let basically anybody do it once. Um, and then he'll see from there. And I, you know, did well on that Wednesday night. And so yeah. then he, there's a lot of people who want to get booked. And so then he had me do it again, um, you know, on another Wednesday night or a Thursday night or something. And then, so I did it a handful of times. But at the time, like quickly, my goal became to get what's called a comic in residence at the comedy studio because that's something so that um, he picks a comic. Uh, and this is uh, Rich Jenkins. He, he um, runs the comedy studio. Although, very sadly, it's um, going to, I guess, not happen anymore because this stupid Chinese restaurant has decided to sell the oh man the attic. It's it's an institution. You're talking about Ding No, it's called Hong Kong Restaurant or oh, okay. something stupid. But because famously in Boston there was the Ding Ho, which was like what that club that all the like there was like the there's like Boston a number of played. yeah. This is one that's still like Barry, you know Barry all the Crimmins cool people will yeah. all the cool people will. Um, well, you know, go by there because it's a very intelligent crowd. It's a great room. Gotcha, and he, yeah. every, he, They're like comedy fans. He also, yeah. The comedy. They know yes. the conventions. And, and he gives you a DVD of your performance every time you perform there. Anyway, so oh, the, wow. the comic in residence, it was just, it's really great for, for new comics. It's, 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 it was such a wonderful thing. Um, so the comic in residence thing was he would pick a comic every month and they would perform every night that month. Oh, they would. Fantastic. And yeah. And so they would, um, it would, and for me at the time I was doing comedy, I was, do, I was going up once a week. I was thinking about comedy and writing comedy every day, but I was going up about once a week, um, for most of the time that I was doing it in Boston. And so why are we only doing it that much? Did you because, have an idea about it or? No, well, it was because I, again, like I w- didn't even have a job at the time. I was taking care of a cat and a dog and <laughs> <laughs> myself. Really and, breaking your back in there. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was having a lot of fun, doing a lot of drugs. And so, um, not that many, just a, just, just, a, just a, yeah. like a spiritual <laughs> amount. you and that cat and that dog on mescaline. <laughs> um, and, and so what I was, I was, it was partly fear-based. I mean, I didn't, um, it was so scary for me to, when I started. I was, I was, I was so over-prepared every time I went on stage and yeah. I was so like, um, 
just so nervous. I mean, I remember I used to poop four to five times a day, like every time I was going to go on stage. And As opposed to the just four right sometimes, now. Sometimes, <laughs> well, the, the one to four, yeah. but my current. Um, and, but I drink more now than I did then. Mm. And so, uh, uh, what were we talking about? You, you kind going of on stage once a week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so with all the writing that I was doing, I was I just wanted to make sure that every time I went on stage, I was impressing the hell out of people, and I was I was crushing to the extent that I could crush at the time, yeah. which was to get lots of laughs. Although now, if I looked back, I would be embarrassed about how stilted I was, mm-hmm. but I did impress people, yeah. you know, for like, oh, this is her. She's been doing. This is her first time. This is her second time. This is her first. If it, to the yeah. extent that anyone knew how new I was, I was always blowing people out of the water. They were like, "You've only been doing this for two months or yeah, whatever." But yeah. it's like because I would go up there and 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 have new, well written jokes every time. And so, if you're doing it once a week, it's also a lot easier. You you weren't you weren't casually. Going I was about not things. casually going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, I've if, never been casual. If if people if some people go into it like you know slowly into the shallow end, right. you were in the diver's bell I was, with the full regalia. Yeah, I was already <laughs> thinking about comedy always. Yeah. as soon as I started, um, it's just that yeah, I was going up like once a week or so, um, and but yeah, so every time I would go up. I mean, at time, you know, you're in front of mostly other comics at these open mics. And so I had this rule for myself that I started pretty immediately, which is that I would, if I was doing the same set, especially like in the same place or the kind of the same people were going to be there, you quickly kind of learn who goes where mm-hmm. regularly. I, my set had to be at least like 33% different than it was before. I had to have new jokes, new tags, new things that were doing this. And I mean, it was just, a, it was a lot of it was just fear because I just wanted to make sure that I was impressing those people and whatever, yeah. but it did drive me to, to work very hard. Um, when did that slow down, by the way? Which part? Well, because I think you have obviously way more confidence in your abilities. And so when you're doing it now, you're not immediately motivated by like, got to impress everybody. Or at least, even if that's a motivation or, or there is a standard, you're not, it's not like on the forefront of your mind. I think that like honestly, the that big change didn't happen until a week or two ago, like, like the idea of, of wanting to impress people, something like I've been really working on and conscious of trying to, to mitigate for Mm. a long time. But my desire to impress people, especially certain people, certain Mm. people who, whatever I got, I I think I had a breakthrough, you know, and kind of a, a breakthrough journey process over the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. That I, that I, that I finally don't have, is a chip on my shoulder the right way to put it? It's not, like, That's usually more like it, resentment. Or yeah, but there is, because then I resent people for the judgment that I assume yeah. that they have. So I'm like, there's a way in which that's true, but it's like, I don't know what, what to call my my thing where I feel, like if if certain people are in the room or whatever it is, then I, yeah. I'm i going to get nervous or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're kind of all like that, but yeah. the issue, it's sort of like, uh, how it's similar to like how people react to pressure. It's like people like playing football or something like that like everybody's concerned about the same things like winning the game how their careers and all that kind of stuff i think the difference is different people can shut that out of their head for a certain amount of time clearly on stage you're not doing that right well sometimes like i I definitely 
would be affected by who was in the audience. Sure. And even sometimes I don't want Katie, my wife, to be in the audience. Oh, I get that. Um, I won't. I can't go on if Katie's there. Yeah, she is uh, the harshest critic of all of you who are listening. No, um, she doesn't care about anybody's. That's not true. She has a few people she likes, and I will not name names. But everyone. No, no. Else. Name who she likes. Say I just she, mean she. she I was gonna say she doesn't like anybody else. No, okay. I'm just kidding. She's really. I mean, it's not like she. It's not like she is hateful about anybody's yeah, comedy. Yeah. Um, I. It doesn't matter because I don't want to like name a few names and then forget and then feel like oh I want to oh, mention really, that she. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what are, what are we talking about? Well, just oh oh yeah. So I do feel like well, what's changed is that I feel I finally feel like a quantum leap more Mm self-possessed and confident and like I I'm doing my thing and kind of not in a mean way but kind of like fuck anybody who is is if if someone's paying attention and being like well Ariel's not tonight it's like oh I think I've proved that I'm you know working on being a good comedian and I'm you know you know what I think I think a lot of it's just being known one way or another mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, now whatever people think is not based on like having just seen me once. Right. It's like, so they may not like me or they may like me a lot, but this performance doesn't make or break. Th- exactly. Right. It, it, yeah. And, and it's maybe ridiculous that I needed everyone to see me do well and do lots of things 200 times yeah, before yeah. I could feel that way. But I did. And that's where I'm at. So. And, and it's all also clearly on a continuum because yeah. it, it may, you can maybe go too far with that, but you very much can't not care about it right you yeah. can yeah and a lot of that you know it does drive you forward and you have to that's that's why there's so much of the advice that people him and haw on is like well it's hard to say like what you should do because i can give you i can give myself advice now that probably wouldn't have been good advice in the sure. beginning and not caring about that probably isn't the right you probably should push yourself very hard to try to impress yeah. people and to do your best and to write new material yeah, yeah, blah yeah. blah blah you know you probably should do that now you get to a point where you realize that you're making yourself crazy and when, you, and there's other things to work on well, yeah when you're in that middle area like you who knows right but you should probably get good at seeing what real bad in any direction looks like so this is what happens when you care too much this is what happens when you're right okay let's go back a little bit Uh, because i I actually uh, this is just a detail but like when did you how long were you in boston Mm -hmm. um when did you come to austin and when did you feel like you weren't like a boston Boston. transplant or something like what did Hmm. was there something there well so so i was i started um February 4th in, in Boston was, at least that's when I took my, started taking my class. I took mm. a class to force myself Uh-oh, to do it. comic class. We've talked about it before, but that's what I had to, I mean, I was plagued yeah. with fear and I had to force myself to do it. Um, or maybe that was my first open mic. Maybe the class started in January, but my first open mic was February 4th, whatever. Mm. Um, and then I left Boston on January 2nd. That's when Katie and I drove down. Um, so... So again, I mean, it's like eleven months basically in Boston. So basically, a year in Boston and two Why'd and a half years here to be with Katie. Okay, as I was leaving my wife, uh, my ex-wife, and hold on, what is this? And you guys basically like fled because your wife, <laughs> a powerful cocaine mogul, no, was yeah. going to have you both. She is wiped. in pharmaceuticals, but I no. knew it. Um, she did uh, shove both of us at a New Year's party that she, or, you know, a dance thing that she shouldn't have been at, whatever. But um, <laughs> so in that sense, yes. But no, and uh, so... But 11, 11 months is, 
not a small amount of time. No, it was definitely um, formative. That first year is long. Yes. You know, that's like your... I'm very grateful that I got that year too. It was when I got here. And I mean, I mean no disrespect to everybody who was here at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of... And some people were definitely better than others or more aware of things than others. But this scene was still very new in so many ways. Very... Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything disparaging because it has the connotation that's too much, but, yeah. um, but it, it's self built, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have the history that Boston has. And sure. so there's so much that like people did not know. Juvenile. Way. Yes, exactly. But again, yeah. I don't you know, not a bad but way, just, just literally juvenile. Yeah. And so there would be things like, like now, People who will just leave the mic in the stand and to finish their set, it's like Alan and Jay will will do that, but they can do it in a way that they've figured out how to do it in a way that can work. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to know how to do that. But at Wait, the do time, what, do what when, to end it. your set, to end your set by just stop when you just stop talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you put the mic in and just walk yeah. away. At first, like, I thought you meant that thing Jay does where he does the soft mic drop. Where he'll no, not just even that. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, there's that aspect of it for him. But yeah. for Jay White Cotton and Alan Butt, like they can use that in a way where they can even get like a, a good laugh at and it or it's memorable or whatever and maybe what they did maybe earns it a bit too yeah they have yeah. a style that is like okay yeah, yeah. And, and it is a little bit of a mic drop yeah um, even if they don't literally do that yeah. and and but at the time, a lot of comics were doing that, and it didn't. For, and, and it didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, at the time, That's people did not know how to host shows at all. Almost no one knew how to host shows. There were so funny. many weird. I can't even remember what it was, but there were so many things where people did not know how to introduce a comic. There were so many basic hosting skills that I was like, "What? Like this?" I was like, "Okay, I just want to." like try to teach these people what I've learned just from Boston. Yeah. Like not that, I mean, when I've been doing seeing, comedy for a year. It's just that, but you were seeing it as a basic, like, Oh, everybody just knows that you host. Well, just real quick. Cause right. there's people listening that are trying to do shows and host shows, do mo- oh, mics. Yeah. What, what are those things? I'm like I said, I'm trying to remember what the, what, cause I remember thinking about the hosting, but I'm trying to remember what things there actually were, but th- there's things where I'll still see new hosts where they don't know to end on the name. They'll say, oh, we got a great guy coming up. <laughs> Jared McCorkle, He's he's so yeah. funny, guys. Um, That's such a good point. Uh, clap now yeah, or yeah. whatever stuff like that. Whereas you have to end on give it up for Jared McCorkle. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, That's got to be the cue for the audience to start clapping. Everything. There's so much in comedy is about cues, even your punchlines yeah. and the and your tones and everything. There's so much about just telling the audience what to do. Yeah, they mostly do what they're told. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah, there's stuff like that. It was or. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember because I can't. I just remember there were very distinct things that well, I let, thought. Hey, let's think about it on? real quick. Like just okay. So there's you have to be high energy or at least yeah. You have to. Your job is to bring the audience up and get them right. ready for comedy. So that's I think that's something. Yeah, people weren't people always doing. Really kind of like low energy or like uh, there was disparaging of the show. I think that happens sometimes. Definitely some of that. There were people didn't know what to do with the mic stand a lot. Um, I should have thought. I wish I had known this question was coming. If you had just sent my people <laughs> your prepared list, I tried. But Katie was like, "We're busy right now. We're we're eating. Stop sending <laughs> yeah. us texts." Um, yeah. Well, if we called her up, I'm sure she could be like, "I remember what you used to rant about." Yeah. Um, but I but I, I think ever since anyway that yeah I there get was it. a lot and again it's it's the reason that I don't remember is because I feel like we just kind of came a long way eventually I mean it's been two yeah. and a half years now but pe- we have, people have learned a lot um, but but at the time it was just like 
oh, there's just a lot people don't know here. And mm. I try. I mean, there's just a lot of people to the extent that I've had any influence on anyone. I'm yeah. just having little conversations with people where I'm like, hey, here's something you might do yeah. um, when you're when you're hosting a show. Oh, I think one thing that gets underappreciated is that you really are the first person talking in public. You really do have to command attention. Oh yeah, the host. Mm-hmm. I've seen yeah, it's like I've seen hosts go up there and be. Uh, not awful and just in terms of mm-hmm. basic public speaking, but where you really in kind of very few moments need to get everybody yeah. paying attention to the stage. I hate that sort of thing where it's like the polite town, like the mayor or something like trying to get the, yeah, the, yeah it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Okay. So you 11 months, Boston, mm-hmm. you moved to Austin. Just, mm-hmm. this is kind of a brief thing, oh, but how long did, did you, did you still feel like a, Boston comic because to me a year mm-hmm. is long enough to even if it's yeah naive it was, or something like that you have a kind of identity about it like I'm from Boston it definitely informed me for a long time I don't think that I thought about it really but I think that I would say it probably it probably took another maybe it was like nine months in or something that I started thinking of myself more as an Austin comic or, or you started kind of not thinking about Boston as much. I mean, partly at the, um, it was about nine months in is when I took my, f- I think my, that was my first trip since moving to Austin to another city to do comedy. So then I went to Seattle and now I'm being introduced as, you know, from Austin and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also around that time was when I did the stone drunk sober show. Um, and so that was my first time getting stoned on state, you know, before comedy and so that was very that changed um, things for me a lot. And yeah. so just in that kind of time, I would say, I met you not too long after that. Yeah, because I remember the weed thing being particularly revelatory for you, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you're not. It's not a thing you do regularly now. No, it yeah. It's like you needed that. It was yeah. Thing it had to wake to, you I, up a bit and get yes. you out of a shell or something. like yes, that. Yes, yeah. I needed it to force me. It was it's like jumping off the high dive. It forced mm-hmm. me to lose control some of the control that i had been clinging on to so much and i'd already started to try to chip away at the control myself in terms of um you know like these uh these not just set lists but like um basically uh, verbatim things that i was doing i mean i'd been trying and and very proud of myself for the little steps i would take to like i would really try not to write things out you know i really try not to i wasn't typing them out anymore but I would try not to write them out because I was trying to be present, you yeah. know. Um, but, but you then, know it's gonna. You know you're about to do comedy, so you have this impulse like get ready. Oh be yeah, prepared. and so in my ha- and yeah, and, and it's so and you gotta it's, fight that. You can tell yourself that it's because you're trying to have a good performance, and in the way it is. But it's also for me, it was a way of trying to get rid of the vulnerability and fear of what if I fail, what if I blank, and it's, it took me a long time, not just with the pot, and, and and even to the extent of like in the past couple of weeks, I've had a major breakthrough because there's this whole thing where I have had to realize I'm like don't rehearse do not rehearse it's only if you rehearse that you'll blank you're worried that you're going to blank but it's only if you rehearse that you're going to blank because that's because you're trying to follow a script if you're following a script you might get to a place where you don't know what's next if you're talking yeah that won't happen. And yeah. the whole thing that I had to realize too is like, I, because not everyone styles this way. If your style is one-liners that are memorized or even like Zach Brooks type thing where it's not one-liners, but it, it is like, this is what I'm doing. This is yeah. how I say it. And it's a form I don't know if there's a, bit. Is there a word for the, his style? Uh, no, no, I don't think so necessarily. I mean, I, again, I think like, uh, not 
Because not like he's like I said, it's not like he's not like a one or two liner. He's not a story guy. I but I do think of it in terms of like he he everything he does is when within a a bit. There's no yeah. Well, and he knows like what words he's going it. to use yeah. and 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 everything like that. Scripted, um, I think. Yeah, he's scripted. I would say scripted. Yeah, not, not in a bad way. No, it it really works for him yeah. as we discussed a couple episodes ago, and like I really admire that because yeah. that's not going to work for me. But but the style that I want to do isn't that anyway. So for my style, the sort of like Patrice O'Neill, maybe Louis C.K., Bill Burr. Like I'm not sure exactly who all the conversational, conversational, analytical, and then let's that, talk through this kind of stuff. And when you say like conversational, something that I realized, um, like I said, maybe a month or two ago, because I write so many notes to myself in this little comedy advice note file that I have on my phone. Um, is like you can't fake that you're having a conversation you have to actually be having a conversation and so stop trying to cheat like I'm trying to cheat in this way when I'm trying to rehearse and like make sure that it'll be okay like you can't cheat you have to what what I'm working on is being able to have a conversation and have it work and if I had to take a few steps back and have some failures Ariel like allow yourself to fail a little bit and be a little embarrassed I had to get to the point because I have that you know so much need for people's approval of everything to be like good enough to be accomplished enough to say okay now that I've been doing this for about three and a half years mm-hmm. and I've proven that I can be funny now I can let myself flail a little a little sure. bit in front of people when I've already been developing the skills that I need to be able to do this um, but so that I can say I have to work on making sure that I actually go up there and have a conversation and actually don't regress into this like again trying to cheat trying to cheat and pretend that you're having a conversation because that's what I always felt like an asshole for so much because I wanted to be a conversational comic but I would write these things out and try to cheat and you you have the faith that there's something inherently interesting about a real conversation happening in real time about these subjects that you've found interesting. And right. I, actually, I think what you do and a lot of the people that you just sort of mentioned that you're, you feel like you're kind of in the tr- tradition of, mm-hmm. there's something really cool about it's, there's an intimacy. It's not the same kind of emotional intimacy, but when you do that kind of like analytical discussing thing, it's like you're saying, look audience, I'm going to not just tell you what I think. I'm going to show you right. how I think I'm going to show you my right. thought process about this. Kind and of it stuff. is, I'll tell you, it is dangerous and it is scary because I mean, I could at any moment say the wrong thing and yeah. really offend people. And I'm sure that I offend people yeah, regularly. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that comics watching me at least like don't hate me and think I'm an awful person yeah. if I say something weird. But I'm, I'm sure that I've <laughs> turned many patrons away. But then there's the people who really love it. Yeah. And I just have to think like, I love finding my audience. Like, I don't care if I'm talking to 50 people and there's like plenty of laughter, but mm-hmm. I, eh, a few people are offended. But there's one person who's like way into what I'm doing. I'm, you know, like, yes, let me talk to that person and, yeah. and tell her about, you know, here, like come to these shows and eventually tell her about my. Yeah. I, I think New that it, there's, you know, it's hard. Comedy trends are, are weird, but mm-hmm. I really think people want that kind of comedy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and specifically because it's like everything we do on social media has to be very well crafted. Yes. And it's like, okay, I'm going to show you something, but I already did a lot of work uh-huh. presenting How, what this, this is, is going to be These are the filters. Like. I cropped exactly. this part out. I took 50 photos and this is the best one. And yeah, and what we're trying to do, we, you know, me and Patrice, and <laughs> um, but people, conversational comics yeah. are trying to do is like, no, this yeah. is one of the last places where 
you might hear some real shit that you know and yeah if someone records us and puts it up and it, once you're actually famous yeah. like yeah you can get in trouble but it's like Bill Burr deals with it. he's like I just don't fucking engage with it I don't yeah, listen yeah. to it and that's what you're gonna have to do and that's but that's the kind of comic I want to be and and again I don't know if I would tell myself you know in the first year or two like don't write out your stuff because maybe I had to go through that process Ooh. maybe there's other people who want to be this kind of comic who don't have to go through yeah, that and yeah, can just yeah. get drunk and get up there and do that there's probably a lot of roads that can can work but now I still like like I said in the past couple of weeks I had to still like finally iron out there is no way to cheat at this yeah. you have to go up there and do and try to do the thing that you're trying to do mm-hmm. and some nights you're not going to do as well as you would like to but that's the only way to get better at what you're actually trying to do yeah yeah it's hard I mean I think you're in a position now to be able to do that like you're suggesting yeah. where you've built enough of within the community within mm-hmm. you know uh, Austin comedy to kind of be like okay I can have some nights that don't necessarily cash out in huge laughs per minute but, but they're not going to pre- stop booking me for six months because e- of it exactly well and, and it's not just that I have that um cachet or whatever mm-hmm. but it's also that I have developed a lot of skills so that I'm not going to completely fail or at least I'm yeah. not you you know and that's the thing some people I think if I think if I were the kind of person who who had been okay could be okay with that kind of failure and yeah. I spent my first whatever year two years uh, or, or whatever like just getting up there and trying to do this from the get go yeah. I probably would have gotten better faster but I have to take you know that this whole thing where you know, there's all these famous stories about people bombing or like Louis, his first 10 years or something were kind of like mediocre jokes that were fine, but it wasn't what he wanted to do. And finally he had to like let himself bomb for a couple of years trying to become what he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I don't like that level of failure. So I take, try to take my medicine in smaller doses. I'm like, I'll mitigate (laughs) the embarrassment by, you know, writing out my sets completely and memorizing them for the first year (laughs) or whatever. And then I'll start chipping, you know? And so I'm, I'm like, but now now, like I said, I ha- I'm more okay with certain amounts of failure or flailing around, and um, I've developed a lot of skills so that I don't have to completely be awful when I am doing the kind of thing that I want to do. Those skills that you're talking about, so so this isn't unsaid. I think there's an unsung ability to look good when you're not getting laughs, right? Mm. Don't want to go so far as to say like get good at that or, or <laughs> like or like let's hey don't worry about yeah. laughter. But a good example is we did playpen recently, which is something I think you mm. and I both try to regularly do. Mm-hmm. I think we're both on board with that's Elizabeth Spears Nikita red cars. Uh, red cars thing at the new movement just for the listener where comics are asked to do very new material yeah. if not right for that like you re- should be your first or second time doing exactly. these jokes. Um and and you, you know, obviously not naming any names, but you could see a difference between the the difference you could see, I think, with wasn't just, oh, the good comics, everything they said was funny and the bad comics, everything they said wasn't. It was it was sort of in that space of this isn't necessarily cashed out or, oh, it didn't get a laugh. You can really see on the faces of the new newer comics that that was a miss. Or they'll even explicitly say it, which for the new comics listening, please stop commenting on how every joke did or didn't work. Please stop. You don't need to give us commentary on, well, that one didn't work as well as I would hope, but I might keep working on it. Shut the fuck up and move to the next joke. I hate you. They're trying trying to save it. They're trying to mitigate the vulnerability. Well, I don't even, it's like, yeah, and the problem again is that some people will kind of give them a little bit of a chuckle. Stop chuckling at that. Yeah. It's a horrible, it's yeah. a horrible habit and it sucks. And there's just so much where like, 
we're doing open mic. It sucks that people have to only do open mics for, for the, you know, like in smaller scenes, there are these weird opportunities where super new and very bad comics yeah. get to all of a sudden do 20 minutes or 30 minutes or, or, or even five minutes in front of a big crowd. And as much as like they always bomb, they learn a lot about a lot from those experiences. Whereas because we have a big scene here with so yeah. many mics and, sh- and the shows like, you know, usually you don't get booked on the shows, even the bad one until you're at least a little bit better because of that. They're only at open mics for so long that they learn so many bad habits and yeah. there are things that kind of work there that, w- and, and, and there's so in, I, in some sense that having this stage time is also this freedom to learn bad shit, right? Like you could, things can fester maybe right in a way. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, look, I mean, there is a certain kind of, when I've said this before, when a comic says like, "Oh, I guess that didn't work," like you're telling the audience, like, "Yeah, they know. Yeah, they're how you know right. <laughs> that it didn't work." You know. Uh, but anyway, so Sorry. so no, no, I think we're doing well. Uh, so going back a little bit, right? So you're moving now uh, to Austin from Boston. You've done comedy comedy for eleven months. So this is not an Ariel who's like, "Maybe I'll do this," or I have. Now you're actually a practicing comic, mm-hmm. and you're going to Austin with that, like that in mind. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what were your goals then, and what, and I mean more career-oriented goals. Mm-hmm. What were your career uh, goals then? What are they now? Has has there been a kind of like through line? Has it changed a lot? Like where are you there? Okay, so the last I should say the last like two months or so, basically, basically after my wedding to my ex-wife, mm-hmm. um, where I, you know, for those who don't know, <laughs> I told her four days after the wedding that I wasn't loving her, I was in love with Katie, and so then it was just a weird time. And but at that it was point, of a scandal. I basically <laughs> started doing comedy like most nights a week at mm-hmm. that point, or like it, maybe it became three, and then it became four, and then like very. At very at the, much at the end it became like six or seven nights a week because it, it was like why not now it, I had left I was like a little bachelor again living in this weird apartment with some roommates for, for a month and a, you know and uh, and so at that point you know and I already knew like comedy was all I cared about like as soon as I started doing it but at this point it became like oh also this is going to be my career I have no other what I, and I I, again, it, it wasn't like it wasn't going to be my career before. It's just that I didn't have to make money before. And now it, it was like I needed to also eventually figure out how to make money. It was, it went. That's a moment, too, where it went from, I love the, the article here, where it went from a thing you do to the thing you do. Right. It's like in that period. Okay. Sorry. And it, it really, in some way, well... No, because I was also like a marathon runner at the time. Whatever. <laughs> fucking rich people sport. But, um, so, so I don't think I had... Any, I never, I didn't really bother having specific career goals because I knew I didn't know how it worked. Sure. Um, I knew that I wanted to do comedy, and it was something people would talk about, like writing jobs. Is I have always been like, I don't want to have writing jobs. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to as much. I do like writing rooms and in a, in a fun way, but I've never like when people tell the stories about working on SNL yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, that sounds miserable working. So you want to write for you to, too, right? Yeah. Not for I someone don't. Else. I know that if I were doing something like that, I would not have like the time and the whatever that I want to. I love exercising. I love yeah. spending time with people. Like I cannot, I don't want to have that kind of career where I'm like working for not even that much money and well, it's all not, about the, and not, I'm not young enough. Like you have to, if you do that when you're super young, yeah. like great, but. You're you also know. not really a joke person. Like you, you have functional yeah. jokes in your act, but like yeah. you're not the person that I've, that when we talk, right. like you and I talk about stuff, mm-hmm. you're not like, oh, I know I just thought of this funny joke right. or like somebody said this funny joke. Yeah. And I do, you know, I, 
I do write jokes sometimes or come up with jokes oh, sometimes yeah, and yeah, like yeah. I'll throw them into my Twitter or yeah. whatever. But, um, and when I have been in some writing room situations, like I do enjoy it, but I'm better at like taking other people's shitty ideas and making them better. And or, also just or being grounded in through your voice and on yeah. stage and performing yeah. and, and connecting with people. Yeah. Like Not I'm this divorced, I, which like, is funny because like I'm, I'm always such a shy nerdy kind of person, but yeah. like what I've realized is like, Oh yeah, I'm the performer. Yeah. Like I'm not like I could have writers eventually if that's how my life went yeah, you know yeah. in that kind of fantasy yeah like I'm totally fine with that because I can take that and and use it but and, which is it's really fun. like I mean I love that I love that yeah, idea yeah. it's very flattering to myself but I'm like oh yeah like I like the idea of like I'm the talent yeah that's awesome it's, it's good to have that one that kind of dream and the self-esteem yeah. to be like uh I, d- I can see myself Eventually, I've, I've said this a lot. Like, you have to be like, okay, I'm not that good yet, but you have to believe in your potential. Yeah, oh, exactly. Or you, what would what? Why would, how how would you drive you forward? Yeah. yeah. So the idea that that yeah, and because I I used to think of myself as a writer, and partly that was because it's mm-hmm. like you want to get rid of the vulnerability of you know having to <laughs> do that, put this all on the line all the time in front of everybody. But the reality is like, no, I'm a way better talker than I am a writer. I, yeah, I, see, I can see that. So yeah. we should all kind of be that way a little bit. If you're doing, but there's yeah. people who are good at both. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I never really had concrete idea about what I wanted to mm. do because I didn't know how it would all work and I've been trying to kind of figure that out what are the options and I would always just have shorter term goals again this goes back to my thing about not really like planning too far ahead because I never knew how anything would really look um, so I did have goals like oh I want to like you know however however Valve and Cap work like I want to yeah. do those things and, and whatever and um I want to get paid and I'm going to, you know, and I want to tour or what I want to do festivals or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. those little things that you're like, how, how does that work and how can I do them? Um, there, yeah, there is, I think for most of us, like, even if you don't have those, it's like, this is what I really want to do. Those are these like little pins that you, can put in your cap and you accumulate them and like yeah, yeah and you yeah. think that as long as you're moving forward you're you're moving forward yeah. and so I think it was it's also just like oh clearly those are the things to, to be working on um, so but now um, I mean and this is all a lot of this has come through doing this podcast and, and just and, and the tour that Kenny and I went on last year mm-hmm. and like various things that I've um, experienced like I've now gotten to the point where I'm like oh I'm creating my own career um, I don't I love doing stuff at the Valve, though it doesn't pay unless you're, I mean, it pays time, but when you're hosting and mm-hmm. it pays if you're headlining and I'm sure I would love, of course, it's one of my goals to eventually get to headline shows at the Valve and, and at clubs like that around the country. Um, Cap City, like if I ever get famous, then I'll get to headline there. Um, they might want me to feature something there one day, but I also, I don't, I don't want to host. <laughs> so like, it's, yeah. it's not something where like I, um, I don't really like being clean. I don't really like being a host, except for my off-script yeah. show, which I love doing. But that's like, when well, but it's your thing, it's different. With that, I'm curious, because like, you, so you, you have to do the host part, but um, think, I don't want to name names here because it's weird, but uh, somebody I know is hosting soon and they weren't sure if they should like, well, how should I approach this or whatever. And um, I guess Margie said, or somebody from Cap said, mm-hmm. "No, we want you to do you. Like, right? We that's why we had you on. We do your act. Yeah, but usually so. when when club people say stuff like that to me, they also say, but also in like, the way we like, but <laughs> also like maybe not the period jo- or like maybe yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit like not too dirty. And I'm you, always, yeah. and then I have to be like, well, what do you mean by? And because I'm so off the cuff as much as I you know can mm-hmm. be, like 
I'm always afraid. Well, now I'm going to do crowd work and then I'm going to accidentally say something that. about anal to this old dude. And, I, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, he'd hate that. I don't want to have to like always. <laughs> and it's not that it's, those are skills like because I, I used to beat myself up more. Like, should I just force myself to do those things that I really don't like doing? And uh-huh. I've done clean shows, sure, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, honestly, your act isn't that far away from clean upable. Even because so, I, sometimes, but then I have to steer away from so many of my favorite subjects. So you, so you, let's talk about this just a little bit, but because so you take it that there's not a clean way to do some of the subject matter. I mean, like no one considers period jokes clean, even if I don't use any swear words, if even if nothing is about sex. Or mucus or I mean, it kind of ruins it. A lot of the point yeah. is like people's brains get tickled when you're just saying yeah. these gross things that you're, whatever. It's like a you know, yeah. and I don't. And again, it's like. I mean, maybe I'll change my mind one day, but but I'm not really trying to get work. Um, there's a lot of work that you can get that pays really well, but it's clean. But that's not what I'm interested in, and so I'm not going to pursue that. Like, so now my career goals are like um, to. I'm going to start a podcast with Austin Smart where we're talking about gender and sexuality. Gross. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going <laughs> to be called gonna Gender be Fluids. And you, you two doing that podcast is going to be really because because some level you're not representative, but that's good. Well, yeah, no, exactly. We have like different perspectives and, and yeah. we have different perspectives than, than each other to some extent. And so that's yeah. going to be really fun. But we also are like, neither of us are politically correct. Neither of us are like straight down the like liberal paradigms or the, I don't know. I want to, I want to hear that just to see Jezebel. if you find a bottom to Austin's depravity. Like yeah. if there's a, like, I'm not going to drink the blood of a pig. I'm not going to do not a live one. I'm not going to do Yeah, it. yeah. Um so but but and I want to I want to like tour around. I like I like traveling around and tour and but yeah. so being able to travel and make some money um but I think selling merch I've realized selling merch is very difficult to make money at because you have to put in too much money to get get even shitty quality stuff that won't yeah. sell that well but even to to get good stuff you have to put too much in there's no there's not enough guarantee that you're going to make that back and it's super awkward to sell merch like I yeah. I would try to do it and even when your set goes you kill even when you kill yeah standing there I mean unless you can hire someone to do it yeah, yeah. which you it's know Katie bad. only would do it so much during yeah, yeah. that tour um it doesn't look great and then it's just super awkward for people and so the best thing to do i think is to have a podcast which if you want to do it anyway it has to be something that's a passion project anyway but and to say to people so if you have a download card or whatever like all that kind of stuff's great but um but you can have the download cards and then you can and then you can have this podcast where you say hey if you like what i did listen to my podcast now eventually you add the patreon stuff the paypal donate whatever and then you can say and then whatever small percentage of people who listen to it will actually give you money directly, which is, I think the way forward for a lot of comics. Not that this guy is a good person or a Mm -hmm. wise person or a non dangerous person, but I was watching someone said Alex Jones Mm -hmm. makes, you know, dozens of millions of dollars. Yes. And two thirds of that comes from, merchandise and yeah. the mechanism is so simple it's you're watching the thing and he's like go to the website yeah. buy the thing oh yeah and merch will be, that'll be a part of it yeah. right but it's go to my website not and buy it. let not, me, let me it yeah <laughs> people who yeah. are seeking it out because they listen and yeah. you say hey i got this t-shirt just like pete holmes does right yeah, yeah, yeah. i got this t-shirt with this little funny saying and now it's an insider thing people who are your fan who want to show other people like hey and then they can it'll, you know when, oh, you're you listen to pete of, when you're a fan of something you want yeah to have when it. i'm you a fan want, of something i want to have the it. t-shirt absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i think that and then and then if i can do 
um, if I can find opportunities in, in film and in whatever, in any kind of like, uh, Hollywood situation or any Austin industry where, uh, I can get myself out there to the extent that that'll help my fame. Mm-hmm. I'm totally into that. Uh, it's all in the service of stand up though. Like I am one of those people who is like, it's all about stand up. I'll yeah. do other things if I can, but I'm in life to mm-hmm. do stand up, like doing it, like making money is something I have to figure out because I want to have a family, yeah. you know, but Katie and I live on very little and we can figure out how to live on very little. So I, there's not like, I need to make more, more money than I'm making now, but I don't have to make that much money in order to have a home and have kids and do stand up. Do you, so there's like four different directions I want to go in here, but, uh, we're also already running out of time. Oh, we really, that's great. That's, that's great. I just, I gotta be, so there's uh, so do you think this is generational at all? Because you and I agree about this. Mm-hmm. We both, I mean, in different ways, but overall, like, we want to be stand-up comics. Mm-hmm. And then we're both like, I would also love to do other things, and mm-hmm. I would be willing to. Uh, when we've had younger people on here, or just in, in our, like, comedy community, it seems like the, the way it's headed. Yeah, or just generally, it's like a multimedia yeah. understanding of what a comic is, where... Like we're like analog comics in a sense. Like yeah. where they're like a comic is a Twitter person who's also doing short right. films, who's also appearing on, you know, uh, comedy bang, bang, whatever it is. Like right. I should not do particular references. It's all right. gonna be like, but you know what I'm saying? Do you ever get tempted away from, or do you see yourself as kind of a purist? It's like, I want to be up there in a room on a wooden Honestly, stage. I could, like I genuinely, it's not from like some kind of purist, like it's affectation. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that what I like is talking. And, and yeah. so that's why po- the podcast too, to me, it's the same. Like yeah. it's not, it's not that it's even stand like, cause the podcast isn't stand up, but yeah. I want to do that. And not just cause like, Oh, I'm trying to make money. No, yeah, like yeah. I really want to. And it's because I like talking. And yeah. if I can get paid to talk, yeah. If I can make a living off of talking, that's what I want to do. Well, it makes sense that we both went in that direction rather than like sketch. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to do, so, I mean, not that those are the poles, but like where that goes more in the like design kind of thing, the yeah. pre-prepared, the kind of like, or you know, you're the architect of a funny situation. Right. The podcast is more on the let's let all the kind of right. gloves off and like just express ourselves. Yeah. It's just really funny because. Like I used to have this chart, <laughs> like this spreadsheet that I wrote out about like how each drug affected me in mm-hmm. terms of what I wanted to do on those drugs. And for so many of them, it was just talking is what I really want to do. And that is like, so if you, if I take speed or even if I take ecstasy or, yeah. like, or whatever, like so much of what I love doing and what fills me with the most happy neurochemistry is yeah. talking. Totally and the, that's the best, like, so that's just what I'm into. And so again, it's not like, the, it's not like a purist thing. It's not like a, oh, I'm a better than it. No, other people yeah. like make me laugh so much who do all kinds of other things. It's just, this is just what I get off on. Yeah, it's not like you're doing, you're interested in being primarily a stand-up comic because you have this image of that's what I'm supposed to be right. doing. It's that from the inside, that right. feels good to do. So, yeah, it's where I dope at me and come Yeah, from. totally get that. Okay. Um, so I got two kind of pointed questions about one is what are the circumstances? Because this is a theme that's mm-hmm. come up is you staying in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what are the circumstances that could tempt you away from it? At least if I if I got a job offer that was like um, being this TV show um, or some kind of stand up thing or or being this movie or whatever that was like you need to live in Austin or live in L.A. for this long Mm -hmm. um, or New York potentially. But L.A. is more likely giving giving my circumstances. But um, I would have to talk to Katie about it and um, 
we would come up with a plan. Sure. But if there were something where it was like, I'm going to make this much money and or get this much, you know, fame, credit, whatever that could really help my career. And this is a situation where this is short term, like this is a one time long chunk of time or this is six months a year or something. I mean, it's like Katie's worst fear that I'm going to get something where I have to spend a shitload of time, you know, in yeah. LA or whatever. But I mean, she knows that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to be gone a lot. It's just that we want to have children and I don't want to miss Total. this kind of time with the children but you know it's something we're gonna have to figure out and again i don't know what it's gonna look like i mean i'm gonna have i have very naive ideas i'm sure now or like you know i have no idea what might but I happen think there's a lot of people going through the exact same mm-hmm. conversation you know what i mean where it's like look that for whatever reason significant other thing being a big part of mm-hmm. it this is a better living situation mm-hmm. how can i make that so follow-up question to that are you interested in kind of being a big part of building Austin to the degree you can? Yeah. Or is that even a workable project? I always project? have been. I mean, yeah. I, from the get-go, like I said, from the first time I saw someone not know how to host until like to now where I people are starting to, even, you know, we talk about industry a lot, and Katie and I were just talking about this yesterday, even the extent of like um, people who are, who are hosting shows at bars and breweries and places, well, there are comics who have started doing shows where they negotiate with the uh, with the bar and they get paid and then they pay the comics. Now, there are other people who host mics and shows where they're getting drink tickets or they're getting nothing. Yeah. And if we're making those people money, and maybe you do it for a while and then you renegotiate, yeah, 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 but there's sure. places where they have a huge crowd and they're selling a lot of beer and the comics are still getting drink tickets or nothing. Yeah. And that, when we talk about unionizing, like they're just not going to pay if you don't, ha- if you don't, don't make them pay. If you don't ask. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know you feel like, oh, I get to host this awesome show and the sure. comics love it because there's a big audience. The reality is we're getting ripped off. Sure. And, and yeah. every every one of you who does that for free is devaluing the rest of us. We need to all start unionizing to this extent. It doesn't have to be this whole like, you know, literal thing, but like we need to start asking for more, asking for what we're worth. And the scene has grown again. A few years ago, it was a little bit more amateur, but now there is a talent level where there are a lot of shows that we're doing where we are making these places money and they should be paying us. And when we don't do it, it is it's that's making it harder for any other comic to go to a bar you know what i mean you want to be able to say hey this is you know like like i was talking to chris castles about this he gets paid for his shows yeah and he pays the comics for some of them whatever yeah, you know. yeah. um not the open mic but you know yeah and so and that is something where he goes and he says hey I get this is what I get paid at this show. I have an audience, you know, we're selling, you know, food and beer, and so then the place will negotiate with him. Yeah. Um, but if they're like, well, at thus and such show, you know, they're not getting like, and and, and it's comics, like thinking yeah, of it, you have to value yourself and and if ask for it. The, I would say this is the kind of stuff though where we would, well, we can talk about it specifically later, but like it would have to be tactical. Like you'd have to get like not crazy, like go on Facebook, have a discussion with people, yeah. like. The eight or nine people that you think are running good enough shows, and and well, yeah, and it's are, something have the clout that people would like. Kind of yeah. like, okay, if they set the tone for this is how it's done, that's how people. Well, do it's that something I've stuff. started thinking about more recently, and I yeah, definitely yeah. do plan on um, having individual conversations too with showrunners who who I think should be asking for money. Yeah, people who have successful shows that should be asking for money and should be getting it. And it's like it's like Karina when she came on and said instead of a drink ticket, give me five bucks. She went to Gordo's and yeah. she pays 
the comics. Yeah, she yeah. pays them, and she put her money. You know, and it's yeah, like yeah. that is, and that's like Karina's that, mind just seems to work that way too, though, is to have those sorts of professional details right. worked out with the idea, not just okay, I've got this cool image in my head. Let's hobble it together or something like that. Right. And the thing is, like, there's musicians in this town who, you know, get up and they get paid for doing whatever. Yeah, and yeah. May, they may or may not be making the place. And, and it's, it's, and it's time to the value. Trend of it. Like, right. Yeah. And, and the idea that comedy should be, that, that, that venues should, they're doing us a favor. Well, that might have used to have been true, but now, again, our talent level has yeah. risen and we're to the point where we're putting on good shows and bringing people in and selling drinks. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's time to start valuing our time and valuing it. And we, we're, we're not desperate for stage time anymore. Yeah. People want to have their calendars filled with stuff that's making money and they should be paying us. And and I'll say too, an, like a second thing that I think that there is a future in growing the scene, even though you can't, because the thing, the first thing people say is you can't, well, we can't make industry be here. You can't, mm-hmm. no matter what we do, we can't do that. But I, it does seem to me that like, if we are just like this, what Boston was in the eighties scene, mm-hmm. if we became that, mm-hmm. That's just where industry people would look. Yeah. So even if we never, you couldn't get movie studios here and we can't control the tax breaks and stuff like right. that. If we just had this reputation of every time Austin Comics were somewhere they just destroyed and made everybody else look bad. No, I know we're trying to do that now. I'm just yeah. saying if the talent level rises, right. the place gets attention and that's yes. good for everybody. Yeah. So the more people who don't move away or who like are half here or yeah. whatever it needs to be, the better that we are, the, the more all that, yeah, this can all build. There's no reason why there has to be a cap yeah. that like, oh, this is where we're going to plateau and go no further, you know, yeah, but yeah. we have to be a little bit like believe in our ability to actually change things. And if you're cynical yeah. and you want to be like, eh, it's going to happen, like then it won't. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly agree with that. Uh, okay. Got, uh, how are we doing on time, by the way? <laughs> Not <right>. well. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I got one of my, okay. my signature Jared questions. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I guess Smooth sort of, jazz Jared. Uh, so sort of about kind of like theory. How do you think about comedy and, and what it is and stuff like that? Um, and I think I might know where you're going to go with this, but it seems like there are kind of two, you can look at it two ways. There are people that think that comedy is about acquiring skills, acquiring abilities, getting better tricks, more technique, that kind of stuff. So it's about adding, it's about addition. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are people that think that comedy is kind of about subtracting bad stuff because you're already, it's like when people say being yourself on stage, Mm -hmm. that's almost like saying, look, you are already a funny person. Get on stage, learn how to get rid of the fear, the bullshit, the nerves and everything like that. I mean, it's clearly you, both. It, Let's clearly just, both. it's clearly both. There's so much that, yes, I had to, because because when I am with um, certain friends and yeah. I'm, and or I'm on with yeah, people, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, always yeah. been able to really make people laugh since I was five years old my mom I was ranting about pink hearts and it's basically like this Asperger's demonologizing situation that I've yeah, read yeah. about since yeah. but um, I was making my and she say, does not say, laugh she has no sense of humor so no, I would say a little bit more about what you were doing um, so is there something that like people with Asperger's do that's called monologizing which is like you you're talking but like it's it's as if you're talking to an audience, but you're yeah. people, they'll do that to one or multiple people, um, and and they don't you know people that really don't really know how to have a conversation in the kind of polite accepted way that mm-hmm. society um, is into for whatever reason, but they can uh, like 
you know, be very funny and interesting. And if if the people around them are willing to give them the floor, yeah, yeah. Um, then it can be great for everyone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I spent a lot of my childhood, you know, when I wasn't comfortable, just being very quiet and, and just listening to other people. And I remember one time when I was a freshman in high school, like we, um, I was in drumline and like the drumline um, was at this uh, conference thing, this competition, and we were all the girls were, and there were like three or four of the girls in drumline, and we were all in a, a hotel room, and we were all talking. But I was like being quiet, and you know, to the, at the time, I would just forget that I was even, you know, being quiet, and I was just listening. I would so, you know, because I was so used to being quiet that I didn't even, you know, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I should talk soon because I've been quiet too long. Yeah, just, yeah. You, know, you weren't pulling a Harriet the Spy. You weren't like being. I never watched pure, her. Pure, well, the point you weren't being purely voyeuristic. Right. You right. just were. There. You kind of forget that you know you're even a person, right? Yeah. Um, and but at some point, one of the, people started talking about like their weird brother or something that gave me the, I was like oh you want to talk about weird brothers and I started on my brother Albert who's super mm. weird and I'm just like all of a sudden like blah 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 and making them laugh and then all of a sudden like one of them turned and was like wow Eric, you were just being, being so quiet all of a sudden you like have all these things to say whatever and it's like oh right if I have a topic that I'm interested in yeah. um, that I have lots of thoughts about yeah. topics I'm interested in there's so much that people talk about that I know or care nothing about you know um, but if it's one of my topics of interest Asperger's then <laughs> then I have a lot to say and so, um, so it's, it's in of itself a talent too like a yeah. lot of people don't recognize the difficulty or like at least the rarity of people who can just meaningfully talk about it one topic for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. It like I, I, it's not a thing that people do. Most people kind of very scattershot with saying things or require yeah, a back and forth of conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those of us who can monologize, that's interesting. I would say that's more of a talent than a skill because again, it's, I've just had that since I I'm was. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so to that, that's what I mean. Like to, to the extent that it's subtracting, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. There is a core of who I am that is funny. Yeah. That is, it's interesting because I think differently than the average person. Whatever. Um, and so to an extent I'm trying to carve away everything that keeps me from being that all the fears and and then of course there's all kinds of bad habits to subtract away um, you know just in terms of stage stuff whatever but but there's a million things you have to add um, there's a million skills that you mm-hmm. have to add and so it's really both is there anything is there anything now that you think about technically that you're you're kind of working on and now we don't really get to do that in, in mm-hmm. a way because it's like we're doing bits we're doing jokes we're doing these pieces and they're a re- it's an organism there's a lot of moving parts yeah it's hard to isolate but i'm curious when you look at what you're doing on stage you're like i really want it because for a while i think when we started this podcast actually mm-hmm. you had talked about um i, w- I want to express be more expressive with my body yeah not be locked in one place sort of you know yeah um i think i've made small strides I'm, I'm no i don't know about strides but i think i've worked on it a little and yeah. i'm getting a little bit better but i'm still it's something i'm still working on this is a specific thing but like um i think last week at new movement rob gagnon often goes on like at, at the end of the um playpen mic before yeah. his sandbox show and he did something you know he was just talking and being very present and mm-hmm. i think he kind of like we say he got the light and then he said something like oh is that is it like my time already i'm not used to having such little stage time because i'm so good or whatever and then and then he immediately was like oh audience didn't like that that's okay it's a challenge it's a challenge this is fun or whatever and it was so like well done his Mm -hmm. just immediate realization that something dumb had come out of his mouth Mm -hmm. that might be (laughs) off-putting and then make it fun and smile and be charming and and that's something and it's stuff like that like where i'll see comics do things where i'm like 
that's a good idea, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so if I, cause I say off putting things all the time and being able to, um, being able to figure out how to quickly get people, everybody back on my side. Cause I can usually get a lot of people back on my side, yeah. but I often have to sacrifice chunks of the audience sure. to be like, well, I make fun of you cause it's making these other people laugh or whatever, but I've, you're not going to ever like me. And you know, then it's, it reminds me of chess a little bit where there's like, there's a slightly higher level. Sacrifice several pawns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> at least this peon audit. No, yeah. there, there's like there are things where it's like the the every new person does this, and I know that, so I'm gonna do the thing that's better than that. Responding to it, we talked about earlier where a person will sort of a joke won't work, and there's this knee jerk. Uh, oh, that wasn't good, or, or whatever, and it draws attention. It doesn't work. They're almost apologizing. In this case, this is Rob doing actually actually saving it mm-hmm, actually yeah. having a technical place actually a thing that he knows how to do and it might be instinctive i don't know i don't yeah. know what level but but yeah so that is kind of cool so is it so you mean you lose somebody you lose the audience and, and yeah we'll, we just because like a, if you're if you're being present like yeah. sometimes a dumb thing comes out of your mouth that you're yeah. like well wouldn't have said that if yeah, i yeah. had thought about it um and and once you say something like that um, just that that's just a very specific thing that I ha- almost like a muscle memory that you have to build but just to say something like um, well that was a dumb thing to say you know what this will be fun because now I gotta win you but he yeah. but because there's so many people who could say who could do that in a way that does not work where they're like wow that's awkward well now I gotta win you over this should be fun no you have to he, he's smiling and yeah. being like ah this is a challenge this but is gonna be fun and it, you it know. also helps that Rob means that and I yes. think there is like that even being present like there are things about us, right? I mean, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just true of me that if people, if I was if I was expressing it publicly, a lot of the audience isn't going to like it, mm-hmm. right? I, in other words, what I mean is like... You mean your sexual proclivities? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, if I take my dick out, some of these people are going to get weird. Mm-hmm. No, but you know, there's, there's like parts of everybody's personality that really are not for the public yeah. consumption. And I think so, some of being present is like m- being open, but knowing what to marshal towards the audience and what to kind of like they don't need to see that well it's you always have to know your audience and so this this goes into a point that I wanted to hit anyway it's like so whether you're at work talking to various coworkers and maybe so so every day I'll I'll have like three to four coworkers I work with and it's always a different combination of people and so if I'm gonna riff or or like whatever with them if, if, if we have time to talk and stuff it's always like uh, this person who what could I talk to them about like what can we you know and you I have to know my audience at work just like you have to f- try to figure out your audience at, at any time and and one of the things about being a conversational comic is like I have to think about it as an analogy to storytelling comics mm-hmm. so or to storytelling in general yeah so this is one of the breakthroughs I had once you know h- however long ago it's like when I'm thinking about how to make a set list or how to be prepared for stage well what I'm doing it's like when you're telling stories to your friends Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you're telling that old story about sneaking out of your house or whatever it's you don't write that out ever yeah (laughs) you're freaking weirdo if you you don't uh what you do is you tell that story the first time and then the next time you tell that story you moved this part you're like you realized um, you didn't have to think about it you realize oh if you're a good storyteller yeah oh i I tell this first or exaggerate this detail or i say it there's a little phrase it's funny and it even if i'm not telling a story it's the exact same thing for conversational comedy there are little phrases that you'll use over and, and and it's like if your spouse 
here's you tell that story for the 82nd time. Yeah. Um, that's why Katie, I don't want her to even come to most of my shows. And please stop asking me how often Katie, it's like, y'all are judging because she doesn't want to come to all these shows. I don't want her there because yeah. it's the same thing. And it's even worse. Like if you're telling a story, you're telling a story. But when you're up there talking about something, yeah, and you're going to use the phrases that are funny. And you're going to say a lot of the same stuff. Um, but if it's a new audience, then they're going to love it. Uh, and anyway, so it's it's that same thing. And I had to think about it that way. That's what I'm training myself to do is to be like that and with audiences. But but yeah, it's interesting how like I have to think about reading audiences all the time. And it's just, it's that same way. Because what I'm doing is usually like monologizing. And yeah. then to the extent, and this is what's like me working on, working through my Asperger's and everything is like, I also, and I, I don't really even understand this, but I also really love crowd work and yeah. and heckling and and sometimes, um, and which is interesting because in real life, like if I'm monologizing, then that's not even. But it, I guess it is. It's well, like I want the mic, but I want you to maybe talk a little because I I do like that feedback. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, and I think that also is is furthering the idea that you have control of the situation too. Yeah, like Bria. But I let's talk about crowd work just real quick because you you do this a lot, and I think that you know, Michael Good has a joke about like uh, something about. Um, I'm not allergic to cedar and around mm-hmm. you that makes me like one of the X-Men Yeah. in a similar way. I feel like in Austin comedy, if you're willing to talk to the audience, it's like having this weird mutant power, which is weird because I don't think it's as hard as people make it out to be. I'm not sure if it's harder for some people, you know what I mean? Like, or if they, if it's more like you just have to trust yourself. I'm not sure if yeah. everyone is like quick enough on their feet or if they're, I don't know. I'm not sure. I see I unfunny only... people do it all the time badly, Yeah. but they weren't, going to a thing that you know they they weren't yeah. escaping a thing that was working i think that it i think that it is learnable i mean yeah. i specifically set out to learn it by having that show at the hideout every week where you know i was doing the crowd work and then the heckling and then the riffing whatever i wanted all those skills for myself and so i just did it every week and now i mean i'm only doing it once a month but i, I do think that next month i'm going to do like a crowd work slash heckling theme but you know i'm karina is someone i'm like i tried to get her to do the heckling show uh some a month or two ago and she was like nah, i'm still whatever ever don't want to do it and she had all these reasons and um and she did the crowd work one of the hideout once and at the time i mean there was there was a decent crowd that night i remember actually um but she did not do well (laughs) i'll just say that but i know everything that she did wrong yeah and i really maybe should have just had a conversation with her about it yeah Uh, at the time i was probably too intimidated even you know um but you know, then I saw her on Facebook saying something about, you know, when people are ta- having a discussion about doing longer sets and she was talking about like, hey, what do you do if you have a 45 minute set and you um, don't really aren't good at crowd work and riffing? And I messaged her and I was like, I don't think that it's true that you're not good at crowd work and riffing. I yeah. think that you need to try it more. I think I see her instincts. I, like she just a couple days before she'd been hosting at cap and she had something funny to say between every comic. It was so funny. Yeah. Just quick witted. Absolutely. And I'm like, you are too quick witted to be bad at crowd work and riffing. Yeah. I know you can be. Cra- and so I got her to agree to do my show next Gar- month. Karina, notwithstanding, I think one of the things that people, but she's do, talented. She absolutely is. Absolutely is. But what is I think because I don't want I can't I don't want to apply this to anybody specifically mm-hmm. but I think a lot of times uh, people see it as a more, more vulnerable place than it is mm-hmm. and so then they become more sensitive yeah and it becomes way more confrontational I'll tell you this I, yeah hidden secret I guess yeah. it's it's actually easier than it I mean um, 
people are ready to laugh when you're doing crowd work yeah. because they can tell that you're making it up as you go along. They're they're on the edge of their seat. They're present themselves. You know what I mean? They're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. They're not tuning out and being like, oh, well, who cares what she's jokes? I'm like, you're talking and you, they could be next and, yeah. and whatever it is that makes them like really pay attention. But they, they laugh much more easily when you're doing that you because had, you had playpen when you were asking that new mm-hmm. comic about like oh, yeah. what was I even ever comes. saying? It's but just that people are laughing at my personality here's, basically. Here, I honestly no, but it was good, and I think one of the things that you were able to do, and the reason again, I'm not trying to pat someone on the back, but I've never had a tremendous. I haven't been afraid of it. I had some sex, success in it, and some sex in it. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, is that <laughs> it's a fear of confrontation people have. Yeah, is that because of how it emerges it almost always emerges with an audience member I mean there's sort of technical crowd work where you initiate the conversation Mm -hmm. most of us don't have time to do that so it's the person said something to your during your set you engage for a lot of people that feels like confrontational and they're afraid of that because most of us spend our entire lives trying not to be confrontational it's funny because I'm just like in real life I probably don't like confrontation but like for not that it's not real life but um yeah, when I'm but on the stage, but I'm when, when I'm on stage, I don't have the same fears that in that way that sure. I do when I'm off stage. I was going to say something else. Oh, crowd work is also really helpful. I've like there's a lot of jokes where um, I want to use them, but I'm oh, I'm worried because especially because I I like wrote them or, or started doing them back when I was more scripted and less able to be loose and to keep all my jokes loose. Yeah. Not that I ever like all the period stuff, for instance, or like the the first like 15 minutes or so that I ever did a period jokes was like. Um, wound up being real. I don't it's think I be ever, like your blue period, your <laughs> my, red period. Red like period. The, when I was doing the period yeah. phase, I never, I never like wrote them out uh, verbatim, or if I did, it was like freehand and whatever. But I wasn't like specifically writing them out. But they did become pretty scripted just over time. Yeah. Like and and now I'm better able. Like I, I know a little bit better how to to keep myself from crystallizing things too much. Mm-hmm. But I have all those jokes that are so good that I love doing. But I'm like, how do I do it? So I thought about it the other day and I did it. At, um, at the stage dive cold town Monday Mike because I was like I um, you know how I can do this is just get into it with crowd work instead of saying I needed a tampon the other day and then I remembered I had one that I had picked up on the sidewalk whatever you know or it's like in this whole thing about like because I used to say um, I actually I remember that I had one that I actually found two weeks ago on the sidewalk and it's like clear that that's my punchline something that I've realized a couple weeks ago is when I'm in my voice I don't really do that timing I think that's like Ellen that I've been kind of doing and I think I finally shed that because I realized like a uterine lining I like that yeah (laughs) Uh, I feel I think I finally realized that like I don't have not only do I not have to do that kind of timing to get laughs yeah yeah um, but it is weird it makes me uncomfortable because it takes you out of you it takes me out of me and it kind of makes me vulnerable like it like in a in a it creeps me out a little because then if you don't get the laugh then then and then I'm self-conscious about the other comics who are seeing me, whatever and so I realized like I can just say these things like I don't have to have that timing and it's more I, it takes me out of my voice yeah. if I'm if I'm doing it in that old way um, but the other thing I realized is that to get into that all I have to do is say, hey, ladies, who here takes free tampons from from bars and stuff? Yeah. You know what I mean? Even when you're not on your period. Yeah, well, me too. You know, I do it all the time. In fact, yeah. pick some up on the sidewalk sometimes. <laughs> and people, like, I don't have to, uh, like, make it land in this way where it's like, pick them up on the sidewalk. It which doesn't is, have to be a hard hit. Yeah. I was talking to somebody last night about this, and the, the idea is that, like, 
those jokes that hit hard they generate really big laughs but Mm -hmm. you the so that's the advantage like it it forces laughter up really high Mm -hmm. but it can often it takes a while to set up so you can have more spaces in between what you're doing whether whereas what you're doing where you're conversational and stuff like that you're really they're kind of in this there's a rolling laughter yeah absolutely well i think that's something too that i had to kind of make peace with is that my older style was that kind where it's like Silent, 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 punchline, silent, yes. silent, punchline, silent, yeah, yeah. and and even like punchline, punchline. But now, like when I'm actually in my voice, that's yeah. the goal: is that rolling laughter, yeah, yeah, and yeah. people are giggling, and people are putting their hands just in their, into it the whole time, into yeah. it the whole time. Right. And sometimes there are the bigger punchlines, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, and so I have had to because I don't want to throw away <laughs> my first two and a half, three years of material, but I've had to figure out how to get into those things and stay in my voice. Yeah, and I realize what to do is like, and there's punchlines that like aren't as good as others but if they come but but I know how to maybe get the crowd uh, to give me those so if they come up in conversation and it sounds like I'm coming up with them off the top of my head those are much better punchlines um, and there's like some that I'm just kind of attached to about gynecologists that I think are funny but like never get as big of a laugh if they're at the punch if they're the punchline yeah. but if they come up because I because I know how to get it out of the crowd work then they're really good punchlines yeah Sorry, so well, I've no, just had no, like a I, breakthrough. In the I think past that's couple great, and I wanted to ask you about the crowd work specifically because one, because I think you're good at it, and you do it as a principle, but mm-hmm. also because I think it's a kind of weakness of the scene. Mm-hmm. I know that like it's not that nobody's good at it, or whatever, but it's funny when I was in Houston on I noticed this San Antonio, they all want to do it, and they're not necessarily all good at it. Some of it, like there's almost a desperate like trying to force that situation that didn't need to be forced but at least it articulates a I think this is a legitimate way to have a good performance so when I do crowd work it it almost always happens one of two ways one like the the last comic said something and so something has been brought up and and then I'm going to ask either them or usually like oh men women whatever is this true whatever and then we can start talking about that and that'll lead into crowd work slash riffing Um, the other thing is I'll have a specific plan and again you can know like I'm just I just want to get on this topic not in a cheap way we're like who hears meat and airplane food not like that but a specific question that's already funny to be asking someone so this is what I would tell I've gotten a lot of laughs off the premises by making it something when you direct at the audience yes and I would so you know I remember you know from the from the get go I might have just stole that from you that's fine yeah (laughs) I mean it's not you know it's not not trademarked yeah um but if you you do owe me money but (laughs) so when I started the crowd workshop from the get go I would tell the I would you know doing it up top myself and I would tell the comics look here's the thing you know telling them from stage as the host you do crowd work doesn't mean you have to say, Hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. And so then I would just turn to a woman and say, Hey, what's the longest you've ever had a tampon in for? See, you know what I mean? And yeah. then, and you go from there or, and it, you know, whatever it is, usually for me, it's something like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever fucked yourself with or whatever, yeah, yeah. but whatever it is for you, whatever your topics are that you want to talk about, you can ask questions that will lead you into that area yeah. where you have a bunch of punchlines and then you can get to some of them and you're not going to get to all of and, them and maybe just, but it just you know. annoys me to see comics who are good and known to mm-hmm. be good but if an audience member talks to them directly they're they're not necessarily afraid like new or bad comics but they're annoyed and you can feel it yeah, and, and it's it distracts like, like okay just, just talk it? about this do this thing and then get back to your joke I can't remember who it was I don't think it was you but like somebody when, when we were talking about that 
it called it jujitsu. Like, think of it like jujitsu. Yeah, probably me. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what? It's in my notes. Who said that? So I'll, ma- I'll see what. Uh, we'll put it in the. Probably me. We'll okay, put no, it. I'll <laughs> look through my notes and figure out who it was yeah, yeah, and yeah. give them proper credit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a great way to think about it. Like yeah. you can use them against. Is that the right even thing? Taekwondo, well, judo is the judo. Better. That's judo what I meant. The, judo. The I don't know. Better. Fucking yeah. Asians. I can't tell <laughs> Asians apart. Quite <laughs> no. Um, but you, yeah, let's make it judo, right? Yeah. So you're saying this only works if the audience member is Asian. Well, yeah, I mean, it works better, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> no, because they'll probably be better than you. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, don't. It's not a. It's not a bad. Th- Most of the time, it's not a bad thing. And yeah. like, except for fucking, don't heckle and ruin a punchline. You know that. Sucks, oh, they're they're often shit heels for yeah. doing it. That's but you, it's yeah. not about them having made a right decision right. and you honoring it. It's just about like this could be a good opportunity. Yeah. And the other thing is, especially okay, if you are a newer comic doing a half hour or featuring it, and you only have some okay, fair enough. If you're doing ten minutes. Yeah, and they've ruined one of your jokes. It's it seems to me, don't fuck that joke now because you have other jokes you're gonna do. Well, no, exactly. That's a that's a great you piece of advice. You now. have to abandon a joke if it gets interrupted yeah. and the flow is to the point. And you have to that's something you have to kind of learn over time a little bit to realize if you if you're in the beginning of the joke you can probably get back to yeah. it. But if you've already like where the momentum should have been building yeah, and yeah. now it got interrupted, you got to scratch it. Yeah, Even yeah. if it's your favorite joke, no, got to scratch yeah. it. Because all, just but do also another because joke. you have probably 25, 30, 40 minutes if yeah. you've been in comedy or for a couple of years. Right. You probably have that kind of time at least. And this is a low stakes C show. Exactly. Basically, Move most on. Of what we, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay uh, we we're probably to. ready to ask a few basic questions. Um, let's do this one first. Because we ha- you haven't talked enough shit, Ariel Norman. I haven't talked. What's your middle name, by the way? It is now Isaac. Oh, because, uh, good for you. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but anyway. Um, and we'll never speak of that yeah. other name again. <laughs> okay. Um, so the thing at open mics that you're tired of, that you just see and oh, it's fucking done, uh, what are you annoyed with? Um, okay, besides the apologizing everything. Uh, and we can direct this at, uh, we don't always say this, but I think maybe direct it at the newer comics. Yeah, Not well, just some yeah. shit you're tired of seeing in Austin. You know what? Time. I think that I might have made some notes at some point about this so let me see if that is in here oh maybe not damn i thought i did okay so um one thing is is i can't remember if we've touched on this enough just um is it like dumb premises like i just i hate dumb premises and i but i don't know if this is just that people's iq isn't high enough to recognize (laughs) that they're dumb premises quite frankly um but there's a dumb you mean like like well it's not just hacky but like flawed if 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 people will say stuff that's historically inaccurate or or like it's or it's they're making fun of a turn of phrase that itself is because uh, like what's a good oh i can think of one now it's first is remember we were in and Eric Negroni was like, why do they call Germans Jerry's? Why oh, is it? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's because it's literally G E R Y. Now, yeah. now that's it. You know, he was cute. He was saying it for the first no, time. No, and, I know. And I, it, yeah. it's a simple, but yeah. there's ones that are way more egregious than that yeah. where it's like, no, but if you did that premise, like there's no reason yeah. that they're called Jerry's. It doesn't make it's any that sense. sort of thing that I'm yeah. talking about. But again, I don't know if like, I'm trying to remember. There was one that I even saw in Boston years ago that was something about like cow milk, but the person didn't understand that like the whole, like a lot of us have already had conversa- cultural conversations about that it's weird that we're drinking cow yeah. milk. It, stuff like that too, whether it's a flawed premise or it's just something that like has already been so discussed in the culture and you're just like, read a fucking book, an article every now and then people. Yeah, That's yeah. something like you, 
<laughs> and you're talking about at the level it's it's more about that it's kind of distracting for you. It's it's like you, you it's joke is not going to be funny if your premise is flawed. If yeah. your premise doesn't it doesn't hold up, I'm not going to laugh. I mean, it's very rare. If the punchlines are good enough, I can kind of forgive it. Because you can't get there because you can't go along with them. I'm, not, yeah, I'm just already mad I'm already mad at you and I'm yeah. not going to, you know. Um, but that's just something again, like if if you're not realizing that your premise is flawed, I don't know how to but if you if you're ever sitting there being like, yeah, my premise is flawed, but I think this is okay. Like, yeah, yeah. it better be a damn good joke that you just want people to. And it's not you're it, hoping people are too stupid to realize that your premise is wrong. And I it's guess. it's not a bad point to make that those aren't completely separable in the first place. That the joke mm-hmm. can be well structured, but if you've put a part in it that's dumb enough that it's distracting you actually it's not a good joke right because it, it can't function the way it needs to okay uh, one more little thing sure. just do not blame the audience if you ever say oh, I guess you guys don't like smart jokes I guess you guys don't like dirty jokes I guess you don't like dark jokes I guess you don't blah, blah, blah. no your joke wasn't funny yeah. I mean every now and then they didn't get it every now and then but especially if there's a bunch of other comics some of us got it. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was like, even if it was technically a structured joke that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. Yeah. It ha- you know how funny something has to be to get people to spontaneously laugh? It has to be really funny. Nobody's not laughing uh, at a fun at a real funny thing. Yeah. I mean. But, yeah. Yeah. And you, if you see like a half a smirk on one person's face, or you know what? It's we, like we, no names, but uh, I was talking to Michael Good about uh, last night about those comics that are like, I can tell you want to laugh. You oh know God, you want to laugh. That's like, another good wanna, one. I hope you don't do that in bed. Like I can tell you want to come. come. Then you know you want to come. Like, yes, I, we uh, do. <laughs> we very much want to laugh. Yes, yeah. We're hoping someone says something funny at some point. The, the classic return is, uh, it's like you know. Oh, I, I, I guess you guys don't like political jokes. Like no, we're waiting to hear one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there are times when people do want to laugh at my jokes, and uh, they're like yeah, yeah, looking yeah. around to see if everyone else is a PC police. Well, that, that's a different story. That, yeah, exactly. And also, don't you just if. If you're not, if, if you're a comic that's not getting laughs, path like every time perpetually, yeah. that just abandon that shit. Like that's right, not exactly. A, Wait until you've you've like a consistently crushed a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. before you decide it's that audience. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, uh, let's see. And we'll go back to straight up advice. Those two questions. However, mm-hmm. you want to organize it. Best advice you ever got. I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today, and honestly, like. I just was not able to be thinking like I was thinking like I'm sh- of a handful of people who I'm sure have given me great advice and I feel bad because I'm going to go with a stranger who um, <laughs> like I read uh, Aisha Tyler's book called Self-Inflicting Wounds, you think? Okay. And, and oh, I listened to it on audiobook because Katie listened to it. And if Katie got interested in, and she's a comedian and whatever, yeah. and for whatever reason she listened I to like that, it. I was like, oh, great. Well, I just didn't know who she was before. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Katie's interested in some comedy thing. I will join you, honey. Um, and, but there was just, because she, she had like a little, she would like quote herself at the top of each chapter. Because, mm. I mean, we're comedians. We quote ourselves all the time. It's yeah. whatever. But something she said was, if at first you don't succeed, sack the fucking quarterback. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> that is the best. It feels, just saying it, thinking yeah, yeah. it fills me with like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because any failure you have, I mean, I love football and it's actually very exciting. Um, football season starts tonight. If you're listening Uh-oh. on Thursday, um, well for the Cowboys, it's our first game. Yeah. And, 
that's something that is so fun to watch and that those little storylines little mini storylines that happen but it's like uh, line man you know you know fucks up or whatever or you know and then if you you fuck up or your team fucks up even and then you sack the fucking quarterback yeah. it's even better that you fucked up okay interesting. you know what i mean so I apply this to comedy a little bit so me. you bomb at a set you better fucking kill it the next night you yeah, know what yeah. i mean go write some really awesome jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. um you you know don't move on at fpia guess what it's time for yeah 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 you know what i mean it's yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that where you don't make whatever it is for you some festival or whatever it is well guess what yeah if you want to win the game if you will and again like this is a competition between yourself you yeah. really should think of it as much as possible you can be motivated on unconscious levels or whatever by other people but you should really think about it as a competition between yourself um and if you want to win, if you want to get better at this, if you want to make a career out of this, if you want to succeed, whatever, you have to sack the fucking quarterback. Yeah, that's good. Bomb, and it's a weird thing too, because like bombing sucks. You shouldn't like it. But every time feeling. you fail, oh, if and you, you had you to look, be ready to, right. to know that that was going to happen. Like yeah. you're going to bomb. But every time I've ever had something that, you know, and you, you're going to beat yourself up and yeah, that's yeah. part of the process. But every time I've had something like that, you know, a couple months or whatever later, you look back and you're like, you know what? If I hadn't failed at that, I wouldn't have X, Y, Z. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, if it if it's different, if you could go back, first year Ariel, give, because maybe this is a yeah. bit more specific to some of the things you think you could have done better differently. Yeah. What, what would you tell yourself? You know, I was, again, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I, because I have, I, I, I really think it's true that it's hard to know what to tell the first or second year comic because we don't know what we had to go through, what what wrong, if you will, things we had to go through to get to where we are. And yeah. everybody's different. All that, all the hemming and hawing that everyone does on this thing. But I will tell you specifically what I would have done. I would have um, remembered people's names from that's, the get-go. That's a good one. And, you know, everyone says... I'm not good at names. And some people are actually good at names. So it's not that like, no one's good at names. Some people try. No, no, no. Some, you, yes. But just because something's not yeah. your fault doesn't mean it's not your problem. Okay. That's a, that's a good point. Right. And so. That in and of itself is actually a pretty good piece of advice. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that I made that up, but it's possible that I heard it in well, my brain yeah, from somewhere. We can Google yeah. it. Um, that's like one of those jokes. Somebody's probably made yeah, exactly. a similar it point, but like, it's a good It point. seems like, I'm not, I'm not going to tweet it unless I like look it up first. You, know? you don't yeah. assume. Um, but not that I tweet things like that. Inspirational. <laughs> um, just, and people who do, your it's pretty gay. Your picture's just you with wristbands yeah. constantly. Like. Um, but... Uh, and specifically what you have to do, just like we're always like, uh, if I don't write it down, I'm not going to remember it for comedy shows or for or jokes or whatever. Same thing's true for names. Yeah. I'm not going to remember a name until I've known someone for many months and kept no, and then it's too late. And then you got to keep it. I mean, like, what's the door guy's name here again? As soon like, as soon as bartenders, it shows that you're at regularly. Um, door people, cap people, cap, valve, or whatever clubs are in your town, um, whatever bartenders, again, write them down, have a note file, write them down, and before you get into that place, if you don't remember, look it up. But writing it down really helps you remember. And for those of you who are sitting there being like, I'm bad at names, at where it will, write them down. It really, really helps. And and greet people with their name and be prepared to, because I'll tell you what happens to me, it, you know, and then you forget that this is going to happen, and then you see this door guy, and you're like, what is or if even for half a second even if you know his name but there's that half second hesitation when they when they see you yeah then and then you have to be like hey 
be prepared. Oh, I said Mike every time. <laughs> to everyone, yeah. Mike and John every time. Yeah, yeah. but you, you have the right most of it. So, but be prepared. And, and to, to the extent you can, obviously there's a lot of people, but to the extent you can, greet people with their name. And that's something, again, I'm just, just finally getting yeah, yeah. a hold on this now, and that's something I wish I had done three and a half years well, ago. Well, at least maybe, because I like that you said that it's like, you know, even if you're not inclined towards this, you can and you should and uh, i just have to say everybody's that way yeah. people that think i'm not a name person it's like yeah you're a primate yeah so we've been memorizing faces for about a million yeah. and a half years we've been well, we were doing names for, a long for a hundred thousand yeah. yeah so obviously you're you're bad at it from the start everybody is oh, oh shit i have a thought and now i've forgotten um oh re- read how to win friends and influence people seriously okay, sure read how to yeah, win yeah. friends and especially if you're someone whose social skills are a little iffy which I'm talking to comics right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably that's you. Read that book. But I think you're talking about a particular thing too, which is that, look, there is a social component. We didn't talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal uh, in terms of the conversation. But yeah, so you have to be, you have, everybody knows I'm not great on stage yet. I have to work and get better at that. Mm-hmm. You really aren't allowed to be like, but whatever my social skills are, I'm just going to be that yeah. forever. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, you have to work on that too. That's part of your responsibility. Yeah. You're trying to be, you're trying to go into business for yourself right. as a comic. Yeah. Right. Business people need to have good social skills. And if they don't come naturally to it, yeah, there's people who can kind of, you know, if you're talented enough, you can kind of get away to some extent, but you're going to need people to help you and you're yeah. going to have to whatever. There's it, It's just going to help so much. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help you to be really comfortable if you know people. Because otherwise, you're going to sit there beating yourself up as soon as you get, oh man, like fucking, oh, it was awkward because I didn't. And now yeah. you're thinking about that instead of being and, starting to enjoy the comedy. And on that note, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if shit stays a bit awkward this there's maybe an illusion that like there's you know you're in comedy i think forced to be around people for uh, you know kind of forced circumstance like it's not necessarily always the most organic meeting Mm -hmm. and when that happens it's gonna be a bit like hey but but yeah you can get better is the point yeah um last question and then we'll do endorsements uh magic wand just change austin comedy so let's 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 make it a little harder. Okay. Industry we know. Let's imagine this yeah. is the second LA now or third LA of New York, whatever. So um okay, since I've already said we should be advocating we shouldn't be negotiating more pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say and this is just a doable thing. This is the first thing that came to my head. We need to st- and it's along the same lines. We need to stop devaluing our comedy. So mm-hmm. this is there. This is something that hosts do poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes not all of them, obviously, yeah. but sometimes is that they will undermine the show. They'll make fun <sighs> of it. They'll say, "You know what, guys? We've only got. We've only. This is just going to be a short. Sh- There's only four comics left. <laughs> There's like every time, guys. I know. I know. I know. It's. Pre- I know. It sucks that you're here. No. Like, somebody, <laughs> like I'll say that it shows people paid for. Yeah, yeah. And they're sitting there apologizing that yeah. it's still happening or whatever. They're like, as if to say, if you don't have buyer's remorse, let me talk you into it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So please stop apologizing. Pump your job as a host is to pump people up and get excited i mean and to 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 ever say like anything along the lines of to to imply that that people should want to be leaving that's crazy i mean your job is like guys you excited i mean yes there there is a subtle thing that you do when there's like at the valve say like of a a longer 20 20 plus comics where you're like ah guys there's just four comics left because you are trying to at this point it might be getting a little it just helps people to know that we're coming to the end yeah um just like when you're on stage and you're doing a 45 minute set or whatever you know you can say like guys one more story and then we get out of here and by the way this is something i saw dave ross do at the houston whenever fest because he said you know he's doing like i think 
I think a 45 minute. And, and so at about, you know, once he got the light, he's like, all right, I'm gonna get out of here soon. But one more story. And, you know, I just want to say I love this city and I love and thank you all that kind of thing that gives the audience an opportunity to give a big clap yeah. you know, and love you all whatever yeah, yeah. and then they know it's the last thing that you're going to do and they're super like present and if they loved you if you've been doing well then they're going to laugh even harder and, and then it. and then when you put that mic and you signal that you're really ending they give you a real big laugh and clap whatever yeah. um, so those are just so so theater people know that inherently right. like they'll be awful but they'll mm-hmm. know how to signify this is yes. I'm about to leave and then theater audiences know the the, the social way to be like oh yes and then we because and, and two <laughs> like you ever see a comic where um they uh, are like they're they've gotten their light and and then maybe even their second light and then they're still kind of meandering and then and then they kind of get the mic stand and put it and they get a laugh and or there's a and, and the audience is trying to help them have an, a laugh that's good enough to end because we want them to get the fuck off stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also we want to not feel bad and whatever. And so I'll try to be like, woo! And yeah. then they're like, so one more thing before I, you know, and you're like, yeah. no, we just... <laughs> you don't know what. We just, were just really all trying to help you out, buddy. And now a, you're abusing this. There's a couple this. of hosts that do that. I don't want to, again, mm-hmm. name name, but you'll know it when you see it. Where they'll go up there and they're kind of like riffing almost to start the show. And then finally, because mostly open my comics there and everybody knows what's happening so yeah. they finally say something because you know oh he's just trying to get a laugh yeah. so he can move on he gets to laugh everybody and definitely and, a and then thing. they think yeah and then everybody and then he's like oh, oh now, mom, now that we're hot yeah yeah it's like no that <laughs> yeah. was a fucking pity laugh yeah yeah <laughs> even we if were, it's not all the way pity laugh there's an extent it's to a which laugh we of were, forced closure let's yeah do we it. were helping you yeah. find a closure yeah anyway but there's a subtle thing when you're when a show let's say you have six comics you're like guys we're down to the last two comics something like that that can be fine because you're letting people know they'll be if they kind of need to use the restroom they can wait if they're whatever you know what I mean yeah. if they're parking meters iffy you know whatever but to between everyone, guys, we're, we're at the halfway mark, so just bear with us. And just three more comics left, guys. I know you, have, you know, like. But what are you? What are you doing? There's a there's a negative thing that a lot of hosts do specifically, which is because it's not an ideal situation as a comic. Mm-hmm. You have other responsibilities. I think a lot of times because I've done this, I've had this attitude mm-hmm. enough myself where it's like, just don't eat shit, just don't yeah. fuck it up. But I think once you get to the I know how to not fuck it up place, mm-hmm. it should also be a more thoughtful, like, how do what do I need to do to make the show good? Yeah. So, like, I need to make sure the energy's up. I need to make sure people are excited about the mm-hmm. show. I need to make sure that I introduce, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you want to do endorsements? endorsements? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You want to go first? Yeah, I know mine. I, I don't want to do Ask Kissy, so I've said to myself now, I'm, a third of the people I do are going to be local comics. Uh, and... Andrew Clarkson, mm-hmm. he's my endorsement. He's fucking melting steel lately. The guy is so good. He's always been good. He's always been interesting. Yeah. But like certain people just find a groove where it's like the, all the stuff that's supposed to be working, everything he's kind of saying on yeah. stage. And you can Pardon hear me. like I heard uh, after uh, my after Cold Town, somebody was like, yeah, I really liked that guy with yeah. the, the camouflage <laughs> hoodie. Uh, yeah, it's just he's doing it's again. I'm I'm excited anytime it seems like a person's things that are coming together in a certain way, and they're, they're it's like oh they're a different level. Yeah. Earlier it was J T Kelly. I was like oh he's it's he's gra- it's a, a different he's graduated. I think Andrew Clarkson's act has come together and like it's it's really good. Yeah. Totally. He's well, my endorsement. Oh yeah. yeah, I'll second that. Yeah. Um. So 
although both of those people have been amazing since I got here. But, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, yeah, yeah. of course, they also yeah continue to reach new heights. Um, I have I have been enjoying. I still haven't even finished it, but this there's an album, um, Holy Fuck Live Comedy, and it's it's just interesting because it's like a, a shitload, 40, 80, I don't know. I know that one, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, so they're all just doing four minutes. It's like an anthology. And some of it's not good. Like I'll say, like sure. some of it's, but, but it's so interesting because there's comics of varying levels of fame like I've never heard of, I've kind of heard of, and I've very much heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to hear them all, like to see what they choose to do in this weird four-minute mm-hmm. recording. And like T.J. Miller, like, the, the, the audio is completely like yeah, garbage yeah. because yeah. he's doing he's clearly doing some kind of physical act or whatever. But even that, I, I laughed more at his where I could didn't know what was going on than some of the other people um, but it was like, like one of the things that made it really fun is like all of a sudden Natasha Leggero and I didn't know who I didn't like look through all the names before I started listening Natasha Leggero's on and I'm I mean I love her and it made me think like god why am I not always listening to I mean not that not that she has enough out there that I could listen to it all the time but like I wish I mean I would mainline her but um <laughs> But listen, I listened to her, and then I finally realized that she had an album out that I hadn't that I hadn't heard. Yeah. And so then I listened to that, and so I got to hear how that joke had evolved between. And that's so fun. I love listening to when comics when I get to see. That was part of what was so fun about that Chris Rock special, where like he just clips it all together because yeah. you learn so much about how everybody works when you get to see someone do that like or like when I've gotten to see Louis live and then see and then see this the special that comes out of that like. You know that that's my favorite thing as a comic. You know, like yeah, watching yeah. that process. But any to any extent that you can do that, and so with all those comics, I'm sure that there are more of them that all discover that that version of it, and then getting to hear it in a version that they, that well, winds up in the because album. Because it's also you're you're not seeing exactly where the sausage is made mm-hmm. because it's it's most of it's show ready, mm-hmm. but it's still seeing this like evolution. It's more like yeah. it's now it's a good joke. How do I refine? Well, it? here's Where the thing I, yeah. while we're making sausage, how, what fat do they cut? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes, you know, between, between the Holy fuck life comedy and, and Natasha's new album, which I can't remember, but it doesn't matter, you know, Spotify. Um, you know, yeah, the joke was refined and was mostly better. Uh, although at the same time, there's parts that I liked better in the first one, and it makes you because oh, yeah. like because every performance. That's another part that's so interesting is that every performance is vital. Every performance, it's it's there's going to be parts that are better, you know. And and when anytime you're listening to someone's album or watching their special, just know like that's just the time that it got recorded. And unless it's one of these people who's recording it, you know, five times and then splicing together the best for whatever for most people nowadays, especially, you know, it's like, that's just one night and there's other nights where, you know, they did even better with all this other stuff or something happened with the crowd that was amazing. Anyway, no, absolutely. Holy fuck live comedy with periods between the words, but I'm sure you can find it. Okay, great. Thanks for being here. Ariel Norman. Anytime. This podcast has the Hillary Swank seal of approval. Swank out, baby. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Hillary. Um, You're welcome, Ariel. I love your comedy. <laughs> it means so much to me. I love yeah, your I love your lesbianism <laughs> or whatever portrayals. That I guess has she even ever been a lesbian? Just like a Hillary Jason, Swank? I guess. Yeah, I mean, in movie. I think she's just been like lesbian adjacent. Well, let me ask her real quick. Have you ever been a lesbian? I'm heterosexual. <sighs> Damn. Okay. Those cheekbones. Um, <laughs> that's your whole line. All right. So tonight, if you're listening on August the 3rd, you can catch me at Gut Busters at Hops and Grain at 8 
and then please go to my show at 9.30 at the New Movement off script where heckling is allowed and encouraged. And hey, new comics, if you want to be on that show, it would uh, really help your chances if you brought some friends who paid <laughs> for tickets. There are free drinks and prizes for everyone. It's a great time. It'll be worth your time. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's just my little um, strong arming or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you what? Yeah, I have a few. I don't have anything this week, but I've got like three things next week. Look forward to that. I'm headlining in Dallas. Uh, oh yeah. Speaking to, of which, yeah. so this yeah. Friday yeah. on the fourth, I'm headlining a show at 10 p.m. at Dallas Comedy House. And then if you are listening or you're going to be in Dallas next weekend on the 11th, Jared will be headlining the show yeah. at 10 o'clock Mostly at Dallas Comedy House for all the awful things that Ariel told his people. That's yeah, it'll be a cleanup. <laughs> it'll be a cleanup gig. And then on Tuesday the eighth. I am headlining the uh, the Night Howl show at Red Shed at 7.30, and then I'll actually be hosting the show at the Gatsby at 9.30. Um, but I pretty much do that show every Tuesday, by the way. If you ever want to come hang out at the Gatsby, it's a great time, 9.30, free. Oh, I'm on that. Oh, yeah, I'm on the Gatsby this Friday. Yes, okay, what time? Yeah. Or Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, yeah, that, was well, say. that shows it Saturday. It's a 10, a actually. Move. We had a, I got moved around. To I see. The, yeah. So Jared will be at the Gatsby. Uh, it's called like Saturday Night Fever or something. I think I that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's at 10 o'clock. And I believe, is it free on Saturdays? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It's right. also free. So there you go. There's so many opportunities. Those plugs took like 20 minutes. What a swank abortion. <laughs> I couldn't wait. What did you say? That's a swank abortion. Like a swank abortion? Yeah, like a swank abortion. Oh. Like that. <laughs> International.